I actually had to be like, what's pop culture? So that's how my, yeah. Examples of pop culture. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are here for a very exciting interbrew episode. Um, this might the- be the coolest interbrew we've ever done. And uh, we were we were so <laughs> nervous trying to put this together. And this is the coolest thing we've ever gotten to do. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like... Uh, we were just like giddy afterwards and like oh, yeah. talking to each other you... at midnight. <laughs> oh yeah. You want to, you want to talk about people having like a fangirl moment, like a starstruck type moment, like this coordinating. This was that moment. Yep. And without further ado, uh, our guest will introduce himself. Uh, listen in. All right. So the way we like to intro guests on this podcast is we ask you to say your name, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and a weird fact about yourself. Okay. All right. So my name is Jack McEwen. Uh, what was the second question? <laughs> your favorite beer. <laughs> favorite beer is a ripoff of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is Little Creatures Pale Ale, but it's brewed here in Frio. Uh, my favorite pop culture is... Meow Kitty, or is it Owl Kitty? <laughs> I don't know what it's to, which is edited videos of cats into movies. And uh, what was the fourth question? Uh, just a weird fact about you. Oh, I suppose the weirdest thing is I play in a band called Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. <laughs> I think that's pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, we'll, that, we'll, we'll let that one slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get into the beer. Um, We're all drinking different beers this episode because we could not get anything from Australia or to Australia in this short of a time. Can I get a beer quick? It's only 12, but I didn't realize it was a beer one, so now I'm I'm thirsty. If you're drinking... Oh, yeah, we're drinking. I'll I'll be like, one second. I like if fine was a cider, so is that illegal on this show? (laughs) You can drink whatever you want. All right. It's a Monteith's... Crushed apple pear cider. Uh, not apple pear, just apple cider. Okay, cool. Um, Steph, what are you drinking? Um, I actually just picked this up at the liquor store the other day. I've got Lush Terrain, which is an IPA from Hot Butcher for the World. So that's oh, a, indeed. Jack, that's a local Chicago brewery. I actually have a poster you can kind of see back there, which you is, you that's one of their pieces it. of artwork. <laughs> you cannot you see, see it. You can see the corner of the frame. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice frame. <laughs> Um, and then I'm drinking Flamingo Party Island by Humble Sea. That's also a local um, Bay Area brewery. They do a lot of pop culture references. But we tried to get uh, beers that have Southern Hemisphere hops for this round. Um, so I have um, Nectaron and Motika in this one. Motika. This one's got uh, Motika and Watiti in it. Hectic. Mine's got apples. <laughs> Crushed apples. <laughs> Crushed apples. I think it's from New Zealand, though. It is. There you go. There you is go. that my fact? Or do I... I was also noticing your shirt, Crows. We played a... We did a tour with them in England. Um, I saw band. them in London a couple of years ago. That's where I got this from. Uh, oh, true. They're, they're great. Yeah, they're a sick band. Their new album's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm keen for I'm that. I'm excited for that. 
So um, for everyone listening, obviously the psychedelic porn crumpets are releasing Night Gnomes on April 22nd of this year. And obviously this is your second album that's come out within the last two years. So um, with um, your last album coming out in February of 2021, how quickly did some of these songs come together? Because obviously like we understand a little bit about like the supply chain of, I know you guys have vinyl coming out on the day of the album release. So like how, how far ahead do you have to have everything done and how quickly did this come about? Ah, it's been insane the wait. So the album gets finished in about, I'd say the record, the writing process has been years, but like I'll just save ideas almost like, so I'll write a couple of songs a day or little ideas. And then the ones that I think are sort of good enough to make a record sort of, keep banked and then be like oh if it goes like shiger was a bit different to some of the songs that were on night name so they wouldn't fit that record so mm-hmm. they were sort of all wrote around the same period and then a couple more throughout the throughout the year but like i think it's been about 10 months to wait for vinyl to come so the album was finished probably this time last year and then i think i'd moved house in june so june was the date i think we had to send everything off by to get shipped which was ridiculous so i remember moving house and then like the week later trying to decide like the set listing and then we we're doing all the color variations and we're like oh thank god that's done so for me it's like i want to sort of a bunch of different other projects but night names is like it can come out now i mean it would have been great back in the day if you had like a vinyl distribution plant oh, at yeah. your house or something and you're just like all right here <laughs> it is like keep going keep going like so yeah you're sort of almost waiting for everything else to catch up rather than the the writing process which um I mean, not to say that we're just smashing out as much as we can in a short amount of time. I still like what we're doing. I think we just move, we just work kind of quickly because we record from home. So we don't have to sort of wait for when everyone else is free. We just like wake up, turn on the monitors. If I could turn around my computer, I could show you the desk. So it's covered in, yeah, bottle caps and picks at the moment. I mean, I think King Gizzard kind of shows you that you can put out a bunch of stuff and it'd still be good every year. Yeah, I mean, just follow that model. Why change it? It's like they've, they've won. Yeah, they've won. They understand the sort of way the um, well, the market and the, the music industry is heading, and it's such a DIY approach to you're not going to get that $100,000 from a record label or a million dollars or whatever you wanted back yeah. in the day. It's like you're only as good as your last album, so if people are into that, then that gives you enough money to make the next one, and then... And it's not, it's kind of a humble way to live, really, because if you eventually release something, they're like, that was shocking. Like, you're like, all right, well, maybe we're not good enough anymore. And it's kind of, you can at least do it off your own back. That You're not, like, getting some corporate guy knocking on your door being like, where's all the tunes you used to write? You're like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Shiga and, like, going quickly after, um, about a year after with um, Night Gnomes. How... and with the pandemic hitting, you weren't able to tour Shiga. Uh, how I know. Do you, do you plan on incorporating Shiga into the set lists coming up, or is that like kind of a closed chapter and it's just Night Gnomes going forward? Nah, for sure. I think like we we'll definitely have a lot of Shiga in the in the live set. Like I think we planned a big sort of live show for Shiga that um, obviously, well, sadly we never got to do. We did a couple of shows here in Australia, um, just in Perth that we mm-hmm. did were just trialing bits and pieces, but they seem to go down better than sort of a lot of the newer stuff as well. So it's sad because you're just like, oh, well, Shine didn't work. And I think <laughs> that's us mentally, like, because we never got to tour it. So it was almost like this forgotten record, but 
I think going when we head back to the States or when we do UK or Europe, it's like you've, we're sort of coming with two records, which is nice. And I think by the time in August, hopefully we'll have another single out from a different record. So it will be, <laughs> yeah, going, going quickly. What, what's the set build? Sorry. What is the set building like right now then with the two albums? Are you picking and choosing your favorite songs? Are you trying to like flow them in together? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had, we've played like uh, the same set for about five years. So it's sort of like nice having this sort of two new records to to start building like a different sound from. And we've got this opening track, um, Terminus, the creator on this Night Names record. But it's a lot more like, kind of like Flying Lotus where it's weird and glitchy and then it starts coming up with some sub bass so the bass we've sort of thought about and then we were like we trialed it and we're like this song's huge and then we did the first song and then we go into like something else that's really minimal we're like oh how do you keep that bass up for like I don't know like an hour and a half because then you go back to guitars you know you just can't beat an electronic sub synth note like it just fills the speakers up you go you know like that Dolby surround sound where it's like Wah! and you go to the movies he's like oh my god and then the movie's like rrr, rrr. it's like some black and white thing you're like you just ruined it because you just played the best thing I'm ever going to hear so it's sort of like us with the album so we're like alright how do we sort of build the set so towards the end you're still going to get that same intensity as you sort of have at the start but um, yeah it's always fun doing that because it, it, it's, it's a new way of piecing together old existing music and new stuff but i don't think we've changed too much at least from the beginning there's still sort of like something there that's inherently crumpets which we're figuring out what it is as well as we go along so that's always nice so like what's obviously you guys really haven't got to play outside of australia for what at least two years now um yeah what are you guys looking forward to the most with this upcoming tour because i know when you guys toured the states last you guys actually played chicago twice in the same year so how <laughs> that's a little yeah. different <laughs> i know we were, we were getting smashed our manager was putting us up just wherever we could stay i think some nights we didn't have hotels so we we're just driving from gig to gig just being like i need some sleep sir and they'd be like but um it's been nice having that little break to sort of work out like what we want to do and where we want to go and maybe not so much like uh try and oversaturate some cities or markets or stuff so i think well we're all like yeah it's almost been three years i think since we we're back in uk and in the states but i think when we do head back there at least we've got yeah a couple new records and when we do go and do these shows hopefully you can see like the level of musicianship that we've still being creative and we still we haven't had like a holiday in two years it's like all right when are we going back yeah. out what's going to happen like how do we how do we show people that we're still a band because this i mean it was probably harder for a lot of bands that were just breaking through and i suppose we were sort of in that same bracket but at least we'd done the america tour we had the europe mm -hmm. tour it was sort of bands like that were really blowing up in australia at the time and they were just grounded and then the level of music and whatever is coming out at the moment like you've got everyone is going to come out like this giant rat race of sound and you'd be like all right are we old because it's been two years or is, are we still relevant like you don't really know until like if what what will happen but there's been a couple of bands who i've been really keen or like to see there was a band called squid they did like a kx piece session like the other day <laughs> we love and I was those like, guys man it was insane 
yeah. yeah. I was yeah, like, what? That's that's music now? Like, I was like, sick. Like, I'm happy to do that. Like, they so they I, have I, a wild show, too. Uh, we both saw them um, last year for their U.S. Yeah. tour. Um, and they're doing, like, a new tour here for South By, I guess. Or, like, post-South okay, By. Um, which I'm stoked yeah. for. They're a great band. Yeah, uh, unbelievable band. So I watched that and then started listening to their new record. And I, I, a lot of it, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, and But I think that's, like... I've started to feel old. I was like, all right, okay. Like, um, they're probably older than me, so I don't know how it goes. No, they're young. I got stopped. So, yeah. fun story. I was walking up the street to a bar, and I have a squid tote that says, like, squid in red, their logo, and it has a song listing on it. And this girl oh, stopped wicked. me and was like, is that Squid the Band? And she was, like, 22 years old. I was like, oh, I'm friends with them. She was like, I'm friends with them. It's like, no oh, way. my God, I feel ancient right now. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're 17. Oh, no. It is good. At least you're like, we're, we're still keeping up with the times. Yeah. <laughs> I know what one of the things I know I'm really excited for when you guys actually come over to the States, you're playing. And I think same for you, Lindsay. You're playing our like neighborhood venues. So when you come to oh, Chicago, wicked. you're playing mm-hmm. the Empty Bottle, which is like in my neighborhood. So I'm very excited yeah. to just walk down the street to come to the show. Yeah, you're oh, playing the, the Independent in San Francisco, and that's a five-minute walk on my street to get there. That's so good. I love that, because I live, like, literally 30 seconds from a pub, which has probably been the most dangerous two years of my <laughs> life. But every it's like the Rosemount, so it's, like, sort of one of the biggest size cap rooms, like a 600-cap mm-hmm. thing. So you get a lot of the international acts, and you get a lot of the stuff coming in. So, But then you're there with – you're just drinking with whoever afterwards, and then – you don't want anyone to come back at like eight, but then about 11, you're like, come back to mine. And then you just all of a sudden wake up with like everyone there. You're like, oh God, no. But yeah, that's good. How do you all pick the venues um, for the shows that you're playing? Um, I think, I mean, I wish we had some sort of way of doing it with the band, but honestly, I think that's just sort of more where our manager comes in and, and, and the booking agent where he's sort of, He's probably like, this venue's five minutes from Lindsay's house and you have <laughs> one fan in San Francisco. Like, this, yeah, that might be it. But I have no idea. I think a lot of the time they're probably just looking at like what kind of style bands have done well in those venues. And the, I mean, what are they like sort of rock and roll bars or are they any sort of thing goes there? Or? Um, I've seen the independent. Is like, I mean, it's an independent <clears throat> venue. So it's, yeah. it's a smaller, not, it's not small. It's not big. It's like in the medium size. Yeah, okay. um, and then like I, I go to a lot of shows there. Like I saw the Beths there. Um, oh, wicked! They're from New Zealand, aren't they? The mm-hmm. Beths. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw them like a cool. month ago there. Um, yeah. I've seen Small Black. Like, like half the shows I go to are there. Oh, wicked. and then so for me, it's the Empty Bottle, which is actually like a really well-known venue in Chicago. Yeah. And it's probably it's a little bit. I think it's probably on the par with the Independent. I it's think about the size same wise. Size, yeah. Um, but Squid played there. We've seen. Yeah, that's Acid where Squid Dad played. There. I was gonna say. So you guys were touring with Acid Dad in the states, and I've only yeah. ever seen Acid Dad at Empty Bottle. <laughs> oh, you're wicked! There yeah. you go. Now you get to see us both at Empty Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that venue so cool because you are like low on the stage. Um, yeah. So like the it's maybe like a cut like two feet, three feet high mm-hmm. off the ground. So you're like right on like the same level as people, um, and it's like so intimate, so close. It's oh, really beautiful. cool. Sometimes that's really good, and sometimes <laughs> you just feel like you need to wear a mouth guard to like yeah. for the microphone <laughs> just coming in. Like the amount of teeth that I just like 
feel like I've lost over the years just from being like, all right. And then you're like, ah, no. And someone's just so amped to be like, I'm going to come and join you on stage. It's like, no, sir, no. Just, uh. Yeah, so I'm going to be wearing an American football helmet and a mouth guard <laughs> at most shows. Uh, you should have like a branded one with like some of the artwork from the <laughs> That would be really good, yeah. Oh, something I'm actually really curious about because I love collecting posters from shows. Do you have any plans for like fun show-specific posters this year? I think we were talking about it. Like we'd really um, want to do it. It's just hard to – I suppose if we found like some local printers or whatever that we could bring a fair few to the shows, like mm-hmm. then, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, they're the There's worst a, um... thing to travel with in a tour van because you oh, end yeah. up – they're yeah. just – yeah, they're just on the floor and you're like, no, uh, money. <laughs> it's just like ripped to shit there's and a, you just got soaking up beer. There's a local Chicago artist that does a lot of tour posters or like specific to like shows in Chicago. Like he did an acid dad, or I guess it was Frankie. It was the, the Frankie fingers, and the Witch Fingers one, wasn't um, it? He's ah. uh, it's, we toured with them as well. They're great guys. Is it Dead like... Meat Designs? Okay. I don't know. I could go stand up We've, and look because I have that OC's poster. I think it's Dead Meat Designs. Um, but they're local to Chicago and they like screen print everything. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Because that's who we'll probably be looking to use. There was someone called Thurston Co., I think. Um, and they did a few Frankie and the Witch Fingers posters. And so we hit him up. I don't know where he lives, but he was like an uh, amazing artist. So we've mm-hmm. been like trying to work with him on a bunch of different posters and stuff. But it seems to be like the America for a lot of the artwork is like the place where. I mean, you guys have like, what, 400 million people that live there, so I'm sure yeah. someone does some pretty cool designs. But yeah, it's great seeing the stuff. You're like, oh, they're like, and everyone's style is always kind of a bit different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like Morgan Delt and Vinyl Williams. I think they do their own stuff, but I wanted Morgan to do I just remember loving his, um, his album artwork. I was like, who did that? And he was like, I did it. And I was like, can you do phone crumpets? And it was, he was just like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, no. Th- thanks, Morgan. So I spiked his drink. No, I didn't. <laughs> so um, one of the things that's really fun here with like posters. So we have Pitchfork Music Festival here in Chicago every year. And that's they have, huge like, a huge one. They have Poster Alley, which they bring in like all kind these different, you know, people that literally their entire career is making posters for bands. They fly in yeah. with all their old stock. So you'll just walk around and be like, oh, I was at that show. I was at that show. I want to go buy that poster. I've seen that one before. So you'll just walk around. And then if you're me, you end up leaving with like four posters. And I just carry them around oh. all festival. <laughs> Do you get the little tube to put them in? So they don't oh, get absolutely. like crushed? You, pay, you yeah. pay extra for the tube. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's why you have so many tubes. I was I in Chicago so many visiting her, tubes. and I bought a tube, or I bought a, a poster for Frankie and the Witch Fingers and Acid Dad. I was like, "Hey, can I have one of your many poster tubes to fly back <laughs> with this?" That's yeah. I think that's the only reason because we just like you see us, and then we'll be folding it up to give to someone. They're like, "Yeah!" And you're just like, "All right." We're just like, "You can put it in your wallet, man. It's fine." Like yeah. the creases are okay. It's fine. Yeah, that's it. It's meant. To it be adds folded. to the character. <laughs> yeah. We're having some brutal heat wave at the moment, which is just like, oh, it's hectic. One minute. Okay, I forgot I mean, what it was like to be hot. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like middle of summer at the moment for us. So we got, um, it was like last week was 40. Okay, so we do degrees. So it was like 40 degrees every day, which Celsius? I think was about yeah, that's so like that's a like a hundred. That is hot. That's hot. I that think it was hot. 112 yeah. Fahrenheit. 
every day. Ooh. Yeah, that's so, hot. Yeah. And then above us, we had some 50 degree days, which was about 124 or something. 120, like, oh my gosh, that is so yeah. warm. And people are working outside in it. Like all the mines are sort of out there. So there's just a lot of people with that classic like sunglasses tan where they, mm. got, yeah, they have the white eyes and just the absolute brown skin. But it, they look good, apart from when they take the sunglasses off. We actually have a heat wave in Chicago right now. It is 50 degrees Fahrenheit in February. I actually sat really? outside yes I sat outside at a bar yesterday. Wow. The last I time I think we were in Chicago, you had the that polar vortex thing coming through. It was like <laughs> yes. mi- minus like twenty well, this was twenty eight minus twenty eight Celsius. So I have yeah. no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. Minus like but that was cold. 50. It's yeah. very cold. <laughs> yeah. Like we'd come from the opposite where it was like 35 to like a 60 degrees difference, which is like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit difference. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of us got so sick and they, we went to, um, was it Lake Michigan on the Chicago border? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yep. was frozen. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at it. I was like, I've heard Sufjan Stevens sing about this, but <laughs> he could definitely not swim across that. Like, Yeah. No, not in the winter. Like it's funny because the waves will freeze too, so like you can I see know. like a a little wave. But it, it made his love for whoever he was singing about so much more <laughs> real. Like, I was like, wow, <laughs> I get the reference, Sufjan. Um. So one of the questions I'm really excited to ask you actually is specifically around Bill's mandolin and oh, the yeah. inclusion in the game Sackboy by PlayStation. It's like your favorite uh, video yeah. game. It's so is much it? fun. Oh, I loved playing it. I, I didn't know that it was on there, and I got to that level and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> they know the porn crumpets. Uh, he knows Barack. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. I think um, they... Did you know that it was happening, or did they ask you, or did you submit it? Like, how what was the process? No, nah, it was... I think our manager was like, uh, oh, they want to use this song on a game. And we were just like, yeah, yeah, like, what game? What game? We didn't know. It was like chess.com. We're like, yeah! No. It was like Sackboy, so... And I remember hitting up, I think my sister had played the first one. Was it like The Big Adventures or something? Um, Little Big like Planet. Little Big Planet, that was it. And so she loved that game. She was like, oh my God, oh my God, like, if you do that, that'd be huge. So we were just like, yeah, sweet. And so they gave us a couple of free games. So I actually went out and bought a PlayStation to play it. <laughs> and I was like, that's I was how like, they where's the, <laughs> I was like, the ego is running deep. Like, where's the song? Where's the song? <laughs> it's, it's funny because yeah. it's in like a hidden area. Yeah, I, I didn't even get past a couple oh, of Oh, it's like in this like, hidden oh. area of like extra levels for each, for like the specific level that it's on. Um, so like we found it randomly and it was Bill's mandolin. It was like, oh shit, this is cool uh, as hell. Huge. That's sick. Nah, good game though. Everyone should go and buy that game. <laughs> <laughs> buy a PlayStation to play the game yeah. if you don't have one. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get you. They put your song it on is. there and they know that they're going to make a sale on a PlayStation. They will. <laughs> On a PlayStation as well. <laughs> um, so with being included in Sackboy, I mean, I'm sure people play that level and heard your music, but what do you think is like the actual gateway for people discovering your music? Um, so like Steph, for, I guess for background, Steph and I, I think you also discovered Porn Crumpets the same way um, through... Post-Animal uh, Radio. Post-Animal Radio. Oh, true. I thought you were going to say it like someone's house at five in the morning. And just <laughs> no. like, listen to this, man. No, like, we were listening. Like, uh, was it like 2018, 2017? Listening to a lot of Post Animal. And then 
yeah. post animal radio coming on and I think Bill's mandolin and Cubans lenses and a bunch of your songs would always like play in rotation. Oh, wicked. No, I really like that band as well because they've got that. Uh, I think I was listening. That's how I discovered this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, post animal radio. <laughs> no. They, Just um, like a fever dream, wait, hurt yourself. <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely been a few times where I, either myself or Rish, we have been absolutely buckled, and we've gone out, and then someone's like, "Oh, like you're just listening to the radio of Spotify," and you're like, what, "What's this song?" And you're like, oh, "And then you kind of go back to," it, and Rish's like, "That's us." You're like, "No way!" You're like, "Oh, yeah." We've never done the whole we should cover this. That was that the Aerosmith story, but like, uh, we've definitely <laughs> never like not heard our own song. Imagine being that quick. You're like, man, this song's a banger. We should cover it. They're like, that's your track. <laughs> yeah. But what was the question? How did we discover porn crosses? <laughs> or... No. Do you... <laughs> um, what What do you think is like the gateway to discovering your music? Like, what oh. bands do you think that people listen to and then find yours? I mean, I suppose like the way that we started was just purely through the Perth music scene with like Tame Impala and Pond, and then. In Australia, it was King Gizzard as well. We had a band called Orb. And then I think at the same time when we were kicking, like, just starting, like, 2015, 2016, I mean, over on the California scene as well, there was, like, Ty Seagal, you had OCs, Frankie and the Witchfingers, Wand, which was, like, perfectly parallel with the Australian sound. So I think they all sort of encompass each other, which is really nice. Like, And no one has really stepped on someone's toes Fuck my kid. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few bands which you're just like, that's that, that's this. Like you're all, and then eventually it's just gonna be one big pot of like lawsuits. But you're just like, <laughs> so we'll just stick away and be like, what? King Gizzard sounds like OCs. Oh, no. but we won't. But, uh, but they did the first couple of albums. But now they've gone their whole way. I think everyone finds like someone that they really enjoy, and then it's hard not to emulate that. So it's like, yeah. But I think with us. Uh, I'd love to be like in on the Spotify algorithm with like Sabbath or something. Like we need to do a Sabbath <laughs> album. And so it's like if you like Black Sabbath, you will like psychedelic porn crumbers. And this like seven year old guy just like, yeah, all right, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a crack. And See, I, like, oh. I think that's so much fun though. Like that's one of the things I love about King Gizzard is that they're like approaching different styles. And they fucking nail it. So I feel like that would be super fun if you guys did like a Sabbath style album. And I'm sure oh, you would I'm nail it. I'm working on it. I'm working okay. on it at the moment. Yeah, that's that's the next five. Got the hot tip, my guys. dad. Yeah, my dad. Uh, he listened to Lava Lamp Pisco, and he was like, I've ne- "I don't get many words out of dad. He's a very like, uh, he's a stern man. He's a hard bloke. One of the like from those English like I worked on the railway for like 900 years. You're like, yeah." Right. <laughs> But, yeah, he was just like, what's that tune? And it was Lava Lamp Pisco, and he sent me, like, a note. I don't think I've ever got a, two words off a message, but this was, like, the loveliest message. And it was just like, man, Lava Lamp Pisco, keep writing more songs like that. Like, I generally actually like that song. And so I was like, ah. Oh. And I screenshotted it and put it on our Instagram story, and it had a link to the record. And I was like... I didn't realize that I just leaked the Night Gnomes album. This was like, oh, man, it's like about a couple of months ago now. And our manager, he was away on holiday and he saw it. He was in Broome. Uh, and it was only up for like 15 minutes. It wasn't a long time. But I just got this call and he was on a boat. And he was there like, you could just hear the internet cutting in and out. He's just like, you fuck. What? What? And it was like this cut. And you could hear the waves and he's in the boat. And he was just like, I got to get off this boat. Like, what the fuck? And so, yeah, managed to take it down. I was like, I will never... 
I was like, Dad, why the fuck did you say something nice to me, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it was his fault. That's like but what it's happens. All good. That's what happens yeah. when you run the Instagram. Uh, Stephanie was running the Instagram oh. once, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. I think that's it. If you don't want to do a job again, you do it badly. That's <laughs> I've always heard that. Yeah, one time, um, so I run most of our social media, and uh, one time Lindsay got into a back and forth of reposting with a brewery, and it was like several was like hours ten, of like reposting each other. Post. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, but at the time you're probably like, We're going viral. It's like <laughs> And you got like a big hand on just like, yeah. And there's like your mum's like, Oh, I really like what you're doing, Lindsay. Like, I mean, I was really yeah. drunk too, so I thought it was hilarious and they thought it was oh. hilarious. But Stephanie was like, What are you doing right now? Get off don't, the account. Don't drunk an internet. That's like I've no. learned that the hard way. The internet as soon as you're like, Oh, I'm kinda tipsy, you just see Murray just come over to your phone and just be like, flight mode. <laughs> okay, like, and no. Yeah, that's it. And flight mode. Alright. And then you just like this for the rest of the night, like, oh Yeah. Um, see, most of our social media is run when I've been drinking, so you know. That's, that's kind of what we live for at this point. Yeah. I think it's perfect. If you can trust yourself and and you're allowed to Drunk internet, then do it. I don't see any problems. Stephanie definitely doesn't wake up the next morning being like, I don't remember posting these stories. I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I have a question about records or like vinyl production. I know we talked about that a little bit earlier, but when you are picking like colors for a record or not a pressing, how do you how do you decide that? Like right now with the availability of pressing brands. Resin. How do I yeah, and resin. Oh, yeah. Are you just like picking whatever they have. Yeah, look, no, there was one that I really enjoyed. Um, there was like a marble effect. I'm pretty sure Vinyl Williams did it, and it was unreal. And it was like, it looked, I think it was like a four color marble galaxy thing. It was called something weird. You know, like they named them like Spaceman, but I don't know, whatever. But it was, um, yeah, this one name. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> one of your enemies, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The Joker. But no, this was like, um, unreal anyway so we were looking at it and it was about 20 dollars more a unit to press but i was like i would probably buy that like it looks good and then you start talking to the band and we're like sweet let's just do like a small run and i think that's a better idea like being a band that's like you care about what you release even if it costs you a fortune you're like hey this is how much it costs and being really open with fans about it like because i think sometimes when you get because um, we we signed a deal with a label to do like some manufacturing of some records, and then but we never gave off the back catalogue. It was sort of just new stuff to like. So we're like, cool, we can keep doing this, and like at least we felt like we had a job for a couple of years. But with the colours, like when we can choose it, I feel like we definitely sit down and think a bit more about how it's going to look when you open up the record. But yeah, nowadays I think it's all about. Well, I just never want to release a black record. I think that would be like, as much as it's cool, it's just nothing on the splatter variations. And you can just do so much with it. It's it's a new medium to, well, it's not, it's old as hell, but it's, it's colorful. Yeah. yeah. Um, the way people well, are think... going about doing colored pressings today is unreal. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, so Wax Mage amazing... does crazy stuff. Oh, I know. 
Um, You'll have to send us some links because we, at the moment, are just struggling to find anything because we were, like, literally going to start melting down Frisbees and just being, like, (laughs) put that together. I, like, recycle old whatever PVC plastic that you need to do it. Well, Ecomix is really popular right now, uh, which is just taking whatever these pressing plants have and just using it, which a Mm -hmm. lot of the times it ends up brown. Um, Yeah, yeah. my idol's record is brown. Well, they, they kind of, that's, I suppose, the sort of flavor kinda, that yeah, the idols the, are. It's the risky it. take. But I, Sludgy I think it's, and heavy. I think it's interesting because you're not wrong. Like, I'm happy to pay whatever for a record if it's that cool you like. and I like the band and I want to support them. So yeah, like, I'm happy to happy to pay that. And yeah. you mentioned, so you mentioned not pressing your back catalog. I yeah. was actually curious about, like, how do you feel about the exclusivity of some of your back catalog? I think that's what we like about it. There's like a finite amount that's around. So when we sort of do release it, you're sort of aware that there's people who want to get hold of that, like yeah. high visceral records. So yep. we've like, we can, um, I know we're doing a repress at the moment, but we did, um, we did the double. So I think we're going to release one and two separately, which we haven't done since they mm. actually first came out. So that's the sort of next step. But um, I think it was just, again, it's like 10 months to wait for the manufacturing but i think we have already ordered them so it should be here within six months but then we don't want it to get caught up with the same record but it's like i i wouldn't mind if we were going to do it for postage and packaging for just fans or whatever release when we release a record also release your back catalog at the same time so you can be like put it in the same basket or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. and it'd be cheaper rather than being like here's this and here's that because at the moment it is so so expensive so we've been trying to set up some sort of distribution with um different people like um do you know anyone in america like that might do it because we've been doing i got my cousin in in england who's like what's a record but she sends she makes really cool like uh like festival attire like um just sort of strange bits and pieces but so she's used to shipping stuff out but it's a nightmare in all different countries actually trying to ship stuff like we paid it was about eight thousand pounds worth of shipping labels while we we're on the plane to go over to England to press uh, to deliver eight thousand. Oh, it was about a thousand records. It was something. Anyway, that was of the B sides records. I think when they first came out, or it might have been watching me call. But we were in England anyway, in this really small hostel, and we had finished the last label. And we're like, oh my god! Like all this writing. <laughs> we were carrying them down this London high street like records stacked up here and we walk in the post office and they were like all these labels are expired like you have literally <gasps> oh, twi- no! 20 yeah 24 hours to uh ship anything in the uk we're like what we just spent like eight thousand dollars on like labels that aren't we can't use so we're like we have to do something and he was like you need to go and print off this is like 7 p.m so he told us to go and print off um each label had a double-sided thing that we rip off one side and stick on the sheet of paper. We had to go and find somewhere that sold 2,000 bits of paper at 7 p.m. And so we found, like, this one hardware store that had, like, paper. And we had to buy a printer. And we had to buy sticky labels. Oh, and we were no. up till, like, 2 in the morning. Just like, all right, like, we've got to do this. And we had a gig. Our first gig was the next day. So we just come off this plane. Absolutely buckled. But... So that's why I'm just like, all right. That's dedication. I can't, yeah, we need someone in each place, at least, that we can trust and and they can have that happen to them rather than us (laughs) yeah i don't know how how other people do it at all um but i mean 
I'm happy to pay $20 in postage to get a record. It's not a... Same. Oh, that's I do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually... My partner owns High Visceral Part 1. Um, oh, we'll steal it off of that. Just, <laughs> just do that. Just I'll put like some... I ask. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I think we're definitely doing... We're definitely doing a repress soon. Okay. I th- there's only a couple of them. He must be a quite fan then. What a hero. Uh, yeah, well, I think his, one of his friends got it and like gave it to him as a Christmas present. And then I looked on Discogs recently, and that's like the most valuable record we own. Wow, that's sick. Yeah, so on the list of our records, you are the highest. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> um... Going back to tour, what are you looking forward to most about this tour coming up? Uh, the days off. I think the couple of days off having to sleep. No, <laughs> the tour itself, like, it's, it's, like, I feel like I've had the best two years of my life being able to be grounded back in Perth and actually be feeling like a human again. Like, um, it was such a strange lifestyle that I think none of us were, were, at the time we were just swept off and we were just like, that's your life and you don't really think about it and you're away. And, and then when you come home and you're like, all right, we're home for a month. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll just start to settle. And then it's like, you're home for a couple <laughs> months and then all of a sudden it's a year. You're just like, God, like, it's kind of nice down here. Like the beach every day. And you just sort of like, you, you see people and you're just like, I enjoy hanging around with them. I should call them actually. So yeah, it's been weird, but Going back on tour, I think we're going to have a really rude awakening of, like, there'll be fingernails in the concrete outside the airport. It's like, don't take me now! <laughs> and then I think once we actually get to the first uh, the first gig, we'll be fine. Like, we'll be like, okay, cool. This is what we do. We enjoy doing it. But I'm, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more. I wouldn't mind being, like, instead of going out till, like, the sun rises and then sleep for, like, the entire day and then wake up and do, like, the whole show again and then have enough energy at the end because you've got that adrenaline, like, just being like, all right, cool, like, if we do have to drive an extra two hours to see something, like, let's do it. Like, let's not be babies and want to, like, I don't know, go to some mart and find Panadol or whatever <laughs> paracetamol tablets they have. Like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see some stuff. That's what we want to do. I know one I mean, of the big things he, a big thing, one of the big things here. Oh yeah, I say big in things Chicago, here in especially. Chicago. Yeah, uh, but I know you guys are doing two nights here. Everyone goes to the Whirly Ball. Like that's the big thing is people go play Whirly Ball if they're doing two nights in Chicago. What's <laughs> that's like the daytime. Ball? So you like ride in, like a little mini go kart and like with a hockey stick and you like hit <laughs> oh, a ball around no, on a court. Whirly Ball is with the um, the scoop things. I've seen both, so. I think the I one think in Chicago was... is like a scoop thing that you have to throw into a basketball net. That's the one I did, at least. But you're driving yeah. a car, and it's a very American <laughs> thing. As I'm describing yeah. it, I'm like, this is the most American like, sound like in a, sport. Like a dodgem kind of car? Yeah, like kind a of. Dodgem? Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and you whack into people? It's like yeah. hockey, but yeah. Jesus, that sounds yeah. hectic. All right, I'm like keen. it's a little bit like lacrosse because you're like throwing the ball to other people. Yeah, so it's kind of like polo, but instead of a horse, you're on a car. Um, yeah, you know, actually, it's probably more, the most a little, accurate. A little more <laughs> aggressive, but yeah. more aggressive than polo. That doesn't You got to stick on a horse. That's Do like people war. Like ride the horses into each other. I'd say they'd try not to, but 
I mean, there's probably some bad like... sports out there that have done done some bad things. Thinking of just like availability of travel and stuff, we had obviously a lot of the big festivals took place here in the states last year. Um, yeah. Thinking like, how has the state of live music been recently over in Perth and over in Australia? It sort of it was like non-existent for a year and a bit, and then we have started to have live shows. Um, but like the people that are going ahead are just taking a huge risk it's like do or die kind of thing it's like we'll we'll do this but uh the only shows that can go ahead i know over easter like three thousand four thousand cap shows but seated so you can't do like a 500 cap or a thousand cap room and everyone's sort of dancing like um yeah so those shows are will be going ahead i think in around april march april time and then but Perth has left it so late. So Western Australia, we've been like, only just recently have been like, we'll open up our borders. So as in, we haven't had Delta or Omicron or anything come in here yet. So once that comes in, they're like, you're going to have a wave, then we're going to be back in whatever sort of, I don't know, situations where the capacities are all going to go down again. But we haven't had, we had like two months of quarantine at the beginning mm-hmm. or isolation. And then everything has been full capacity since, bar a few, like, lockdowns. So we've had shows, but we just couldn't have anyone come into um, WA. But uh, so that was kind of good. But you just see the same bands again. So, like, you're like, oh, no, I can't see Form Crumbers again. Or, like, Southern River Band. There's a couple of bands that we'd go and see. But, uh, yeah, I think Pond did. They did a show just recently. But then all the big bands, like Tame hasn't done anything. I think they're waiting for their tour. But they could have done like a little one, just been like, you know what? But I think they all live around the world now. That's actually a really good question. I think Kevin lives in California because he played I think he's in Los over Angeles. here. He played Did outside he? lands in San Francisco, yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, I know he's got a house. He just bought the um, Waves house, which is like an amazing spot in Yelling Up, which looks over the ocean. It's uh, where he recorded basically a lot of... Uh, he did every album they've done he's recorded there so and then he bought that house I was like man and it's funny he's like within one degree of people um, sort of just hanging around Perth but I've always been like does he listen to porn crumpets like (laughs) can he he give him a record like yeah hopefully I'm sure he does actually I I don't know what kind of music Kevin would listen to we're also yeah, on a first name basis with Kevin. We've never met, but we just call him Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still, gotta, I still got to do Mr. Parker. So. <laughs> yeah. so for your information right now, at least in San Francisco, all the shows, I think over like 200 people require vaccines and booster shots. Yeah. So we've had that where we've got to all get triple vaccinated. But then I think they're saying you need an extra booster, which I'm happy to do. I think I'll everyone is like, to, yeah, to go out. Yeah, oh, yeah like, absolutely. Well, I think, yeah. I I'll remember getting all, laughed. I'll take all the antibodies That's I what, can get. I, I just said, like, why don't they give us all of them? And then I remember someone, well, you can't get all of them. And now it's like, they're coming at me like, just take as many as you can. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, like, yeah. all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't care. I, bl- I trust in the science. Yeah. Good old science. Okay, cool. Um, so since we're getting kicked off, um, <laughs> we'll give you the next couple minutes to plug anything that you want to plug and just, you know, talk about. Plug? Whoa. You want to plug your uh, album, plug your tour, go for it. Oh, yeah. We got an album coming out, Night Gnomes. <laughs> That's uh, something we enjoy doing. Uh, and then, yeah, 
I always say like, what would I, at the moment? Yeah, I'm more excited for like this Sabbath kind of album that's gonna happen. So I've been doing that. Started a little project with another one of my friends. So he's coming around in 15. We'll have a couple of beers, and then uh, I'm <laughs> plugging that. <laughs> But you're like know. sort of like you're just like sprinkling little like breadcrumbs because you haven't even we don't know what that side project is yeah oh yeah i don't know it's it's kind of like we're kind of going a bit uh vampire weekend cross foals cross oh fuck. bit strokesy but then trying to make it a little more exciting and enjoyable so that well i mean those bands are enjoyable well, but like like old vampire weekend new vampire weekend old foals, oh, new foals. like old foals and this is like French, what's it? French Open cross like, okay. uh, what's that like? Grammar track, a punk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of jangly guitars, a lot of bits and blobs and beeps, and then he's English, so we have like that kind of nice vocal thing. And it's nice he can actually sing. So I write the song, and then I'm just like, here's the vocal, and he's just like, all right, let me just take it. And he gets on the mic like once, he's like, rah, 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 and he's just like, oh, my God, it's done. And then you're like, all right, that's it. There's no tuning. There's nothing. All right, well, so I'm nice. excited to hear that then, because that's going to be – those are some like our favorite bands. Oh, and you wicked. say A-Punk, and that's like the epitome the old... of our friendship. <laughs> there you go. I'm a hell, What's that Walcott song? I think that's one of the best songs mm-hmm. ever wrote. That's, yeah. It just gets you going. I, it makes me feel like I'm back in like that last year or so when you left school mm-hmm. and like 2010s Tumblr. Yeah, movie. yeah. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's the, every time that's we've seen porn, uh, not porn crumbs, your porn crumbs. Uh, every time we've seen uh, Vampire Weekend, they've played a punk multiple times in the set. That's why it's like the epitome of our friendship. Like, oh, uh, that's so good. We saw them at Lollapalooza, and he played it like three times in a row, and then they opened um, their really? set. Yeah, like no joke opened their set three times back to back wow i like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that'll be a cool side project we're trying we're trying it we're trying said that three times maybe that's what the band's called i'm not giving anything <laughs> we're away trying, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> all right so night gnomes coming out april 22nd um sorry u.s tour starting in october uh uk eu tour starting in august and then a secret album maybe (laughs) yeah secret black sabbath album secret sabbath cross rage i don't know what to do it's hard at the moment i need like zach de la roca and ozzy osbourne (laughs) in the same room and then just be like just choose which sort of man to choose to sing but yeah 